Happy second week of Advent. Today, we have our first guest to kick off our three-part series, Unraveling Advent. Join us as we dive into fun traditions, how they've evolved over the years, and what it means to just ask the Holy Spirit during this time of self-reflection. Our first guest is pretty awesome, and so is her entire family for that matter. Oh, and don't forget to listen to the whole episode for a fun code. If you like this episode, would you please leave us a review? We love hearing from our listeners. Welcome to Unraveled Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. This is the place where we unravel all the things on our hearts. Laughter, tears, and real talk are all invited. Here we go. Beth Suri is mother of eight children and married to Catholic theologian Ed Suri. A graduate of Benedictine College, she was among one of the first focused missionaries and has led numerous Bible studies and women's groups, and she speaks all across the country on marriage and motherhood. Beth, thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, absolutely. It's a great joy. We're so excited to have you. We know you. We know your husband. I think I heard you both speak at a seat conference, not the one Bridge and I went to, but another one a couple years ago. And I read the books and you guys are just really awesome. How crazy to be one of the original focus missionaries. Yeah, it was a wild ride when we didn't even know what we were doing back in the day. And yeah, so it's just, it's such a grace to see how it's grown and touched so many people's lives. I mean, sometimes like when I go to those seat conferences, there was a while I didn't go. And then because I was home with the kids and then I finally went to one maybe 10, 15 years later. And I just I like wept looking at all the empty seats in the hall and just, just so overwhelmed. Oh. Yeah. The wow. crazy thing, Beth, that I don't even think I have shared yet is that Ken's and I met at a Sikh retreat, which is just like a whole other story. But um, out of like, I don't know, 20,000 people, we were in the same row at Sikh. And um, I was there with my husband who um, was, we were dating at the time and we just became the fastest friends that I've really ever experienced. And then we ended up being maids of honor and yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah. It was That's crazy, but like you couldn't write it. It was how many years ago? I think it was it's eight years ago, Bridget, I want to say. Yeah. Nine. yeah, eight or nine years ago. So we have Focus to thank for our friendship <laughs> and this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yay. Oh, I love stories like that. It's just so amazing what God can do when you do like little yeses along the way. You know, the yes to start Focus or be involved and the yes to go to seek and the yes to sit mm-hmm. in that row. Mm-hmm. You know, Amen. it's. It's really, I'm just astounded every time I hear stories like that. That's awesome. Well, awesome. Okay, so let's get right into it, Beth. I I feel like you already talked about it. You are a mother, a wife, and have all these accomplishments. But we wanted you on here because Advent is the season we're in. And we want to know, how do we celebrate this special liturgical season and make time in our own hearts while still being crazy busy moms and trying to make time for our own, you know, walk with God? That is the million dollar question. I mean, let's think about it. I've been married. This is my 22nd year of marriage. And so I've done 22 advents as a wife, you know, 20 of them as a mom. And, and I, I kind of have, I don't know. I wouldn't say I love hate because I don't hate advents, but maybe like a, a love. Oh, shucks. 
relationship with Advent, you know, you know, it truly is my favorite liturgical season. Just, and I often say, I wish, I wish Lent were four weeks long and Advent were six weeks long, you know, let's just flip that amount of time because I could really get into Advent Lent. I struggle with, but, um, you know, when I was a new mom and, you know, my husband's a theologian, right? And so we were all about the liturgical year and, and we still are. But I think back then I was like all about it, you know, like, no, we don't sing any Christmas songs before December 24th. And we only have purple and rose decorations until then. And I say rose because pink is not a liturgical color. It's rose, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> no, little things like that that I was a stickler on. And, and I still am to a certain extent, but I feel like as I've grown, as I've evolved, as I've been whittled away from my idealism you know now I just I love to look at Advent like with my kids and their joy I love to step alongside them and really enter into the season from their perspective and granted our kids are all spread out 20 to 4 their ages but um yeah so it's it's but then I have that twinge of remember you used to, and my kids will even be like, you used to never let us listen to Christmas music before. And, you know, and, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but what are you saying? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, and it's, it's fun too, because there are um, students who, people who were students at Benedictine way back in the day when I was a young mom, had one, two, three kids. And now they, you know, are, grown and peers and are out here in Colorado and our kids go to the same school. We do life together. And they've like taken off with the liturgical things that they first saw in my house. A lot of things that I don't even do anymore. So there's this other part of me that's like, oh, look how awesome you used to be. And now, you know, you can hardly get the advent wreath up on time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's, I think we hit that a lot just in our growth as mothers that Oh, you used to be, but now, you know what I mean? Um, and that can really be a assembling block, but it doesn't have to be. One thing I love I, about um, you, Beth, is just like your vulnerability. Like I am like, as you're saying all of this, I'm like, thank you. Like honesty, because like, I think we can uh, put so much pressure on ourselves to have like the perfect liturgical advent like you, you know, described. And sometimes we just need to be like, it needs to be what it is. Like if it's a crazy year, like 2020, like maybe the advent wreath isn't going to go up on time. And I also like in my own like faith journey, I didn't even realize that you're not really supposed to play Christmas music or anything like that. So I think it's like different for everybody, but I just appreciate that you have like brought to the surface, the fact that it can always change and evolve, you know, and like, it, there's not meant to be this like pressure surrounding it. It's just really meant like for us to grow in holiness, whatever that means for that year. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's the beauty of it too, is that as we change and evolve, our kids are changing and evolve, you know, and something that serves early on may not serve later, or maybe you need to back off of something, or maybe you need to ramp up something, you know, there's, the church offers so many things to us. And that's one thing I like to tell like new parents is Catholicism is objective, right? It's the great big umbrella. If you could see me right now, my arms are up and I'm like waving them. <laughs> it's a great big umbrella, but then when it comes to our particular ways of living it out, 
it's subjective, you know, just how you and your husband do things, how you build your family life, your own domestic church. Oh, I love that. But, but you're each called to a different particular, particular piece of it. Um, and it gets hard because, you know, there's that compare and despair. Well, they're doing this for Advent or their kids are like this, or they don't behave this way. But it's important to kind of, and I've fallen into that because, and so I'm speaking to myself here, like it's important to step back and be like, no, we have a particular grace in our sacrament of marriage. We have a particular bond between the two of us, which means we have a particular path and a mission still under the church, but in the way that we're going to live it out with these particular children that we've been blessed with. Mm, that's awesome. Cause it's going to be different for everyone. Right. Right. Um, I remember I was at a friend's house like four years ago and she's a mom of five and she doesn't decorate at all. And there was purple covering all of Jesus all over her house. So like any Marian symbols, any beautiful paintings was covered. And I thought that was so beautiful, but Bridget knows me and I, I want to celebrate Christmas right away and, and just go, go, go. And, but I think there's something to be said about each person is different. And I like what you said about the domestic church. You have an individual duty in following God's call for your own domestic church, as long as you always stay within, you know, the church. What are some like special traditions that you guys have? And what are some of the things your kids say, like when they go, mom, like we love when you did this. And it's so cool that they take it into their own lives now, Beth. I, I feel like that's a testament to how you raised them. I mean, that's huge. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, I wish I could say I planned that out and it was intentional. It was all by design. I feel like I made it up as I would, to be honest. My, I mean, my husband was more intentional. I was more just like, ah, you know, when you're pregnant nine years out of your life total, you know, it kind of, maybe not that long. I'd have to do the math. <laughs> that could be a whole eight. other podcast episode <laughs> right, that we'll bring you right. on. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. What I'm really loving now is, um, well, there. Okay, here's one thing that when they were small, and I had I think three or four, we do the thing where you go to Costco in August, in you know September, October, and maybe not August. I think it'd be October. They'd put up the Christmas stuff, and anytime we go to a store, my kids, my kids would always point to the tree that was up. You know, September. They they think it's Christmas. <laughs> and that was like their thing they think it's Christmas you know kind of so laugh. funny I know it was, it, so we got a kick out of that and my little people now I don't know where they got this because I don't think obviously they wouldn't have seen my little ones when my older ones when they were little do this but when we're driving around the neighborhood and they see houses with Christmas lights on they all just clap oh they all pass by and they just, ah, yay! yeah yay more Christmas lights yay you know oh. We try and teach them, you know, why do we have lights at Christmas? It's because Jesus is the light of the world, you know, and try and connect these things. Beautiful. Um, we do have a what's called a Jesse tree. And that's the other thing. Like, especially if you're starting out, pick one thing that you want to try or add each year. Don't try and add it all at once because you'll kill yourself. Totally. You know, just and keep, think of it as a snowball. Like, you're just going to build it up year after year. And you may pull the things out every year. You may not. That's okay. But at least, you know, you've got it at your disposal. Um, so one thing I did a few years ago, I don't know, maybe, I don't remember, four or five years ago, um, there was kind of a um, co-op of sorts where we all committed to making Jesse tree 
um, displays together. And I think it was a bunch of homeschooling moms at the time. And so someone, one of our friends had done it and like posted a picture of it to the homeschool group. And we were all like, oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. Can you please show us how to do this? And so we all chipped in money and the someone went and bought supplies. And then I think we had to do some sort of prep on our own. And then we all got together and made it together. And I'll, I'll have to post a picture, but it's, I just pulled them out again. And I just, I just love them. It's like these wooden squares, maybe like three inches by three inches. And we drilled holes in them so they could become ornaments to put on your tree. And on one side is a beautiful religious art image. And on the back side is a corresponding Bible verse. And there's one for each day of Advent and they go through salvation history. Oh, so the that is, is so cool. It's awesome. I, I love it. I love it so much. Um, but they start with creation and, you know, King David. And each week you get a little further, further on until Christmas Eve, Christmas Day is, you know, the nativity scene. And, and so we have those displayed and we haven't, you know, really done a whole lot with them right now. You know, what is this, the Friday of the first week? But they're there and, and we'll, we'll pick them up. I noticed some of them somehow drifted over to the tree. <laughs> I don't know who did that. I don't know what happened. The big Christmas tree. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, no. The big Christmas tree that someone just put lights on that doesn't yet have the purple ribbons on it. But the purple <laughs> ribbons are out, but nobody's quite gotten over to it. I don't know. Every day is a miracle, guys. Exactly. Every day is a miracle. <laughs> I, I posted it on my Instagram story. I don't know if you guys saw it, but like, our neighbors decked out their house like to the nines and like we can barely put up like one single ornament on our tree like our tree's been bare for a whole week and like meanwhile back at the ranch our neighbors have like a light show going on and I'm just like like thank you for the free entertainment for our kids but you know I'm gonna try really hard not to compare myself and we ended up having a really sweet night last night decorating a little bit but Man, I love that Jesse tree idea. I'm I'm just gonna come out and say that I've been influenced, and I think I need to get one. Yeah, me too. Well, find some girlfriends and get together and have a crafting night with some wine and fellowship. I mean, so COVID, fun. if you can, maybe do Bridget it virtually. Is the crafter of all. Oh my gosh! Just say the word, and I will be crafting this up. So I guess that's awesome. How did you really quickly? Um, how did you guys make the like images on the actual wood? Um, they were printed. So we, we print, I forget where I'll have to see if I can find like the file. Or something. No, I, there was some sort of file that someone had. I don't know if it was like a download thing from like a website, like Catholic icing or something. I, it was so long ago and I think I was pregnant, so I don't even remember anything, but <laughs> But we mod podge them onto. Oh, I love that. Painted gold. So yeah, I'll I'll post them and show pictures. Yeah, definitely post that. They just bring me joy. They bring me joy to walk down and see them all lined up on our buffet. I think too, because it's like a memory that you probably have of like the the actual being able to make it with a group of friends. Um, and I just think that's what also this time is all about is like making memories with people that you love and and doing stuff like that I think that's awesome absolutely and it was a time where you know I I wanted to do this and then I had accountability to help make it happen 
So, for, and that's how I roll with so many things. Like I have a hard time getting things done unless I have external accountability. And so when I see it too, and there's the joy and the memory, but there's also like, yeah, I did that. Well, speaking of that. community, um, Beth, you and your husband are so, you just live such full lives and you do incredible work for the church um, in so many different ways, um, speaking, writing, mentoring. Um, and so you guys are always like filling other people's cups. So we wanted to know, like, how do you guys continue to fill your own cups as you, you know, fill others, which can sometimes, you know, it's beautiful work, but I'm sure it can be draining at times or exhausting. So how do you guys kind of maintain a personal, you know, prayer life, faith life, and strong marriage as you guys are doing this like awesome work? Oh, well, thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, it, it all goes right back to our Lord, you know, like I, I, don't have much to give unless I'm bringing my cup to him first, you know, and it look prayer and sacraments have looked different for me over different seasons, but all throughout our marriage, you know, mental prayer, time for personal one-on-one -on -one prayer has been um, really the cornerstone of our marriage. Um, and we do, you know, there's all the things that people do, you know, daily mass as we're able and rosary and, I've been loving um, divine office lately. Like the Psalms are just rocking my world lately. I have an mm -hmm. app that I can play and it reads it to you. It has like, there's voices and, oh, it's just, I love it because sometimes I'll be doing something and then a line from one of the Psalms will just randomly pop into my head. And I'm like, thank you, Holy Spirit, for filing your word somewhere in my brain. Wow. You know? <laughs> love that. Love that. So, but that's, First and foremost is to go and be filled. And I will say it, it gets harder when I'm out of routine. Like this last Thanksgiving, you know, all the kids were home. Our daughter just came home from college. No one else was coming. And so the whole meal was on top of me. And we wanted to do a 5K also on Thanksgiving Day, you know. So it was like, Whoa! you know, and then the Black Friday and all this planning for all the gifts and all the things, you know. And so I'm, I'm ashamed to say it, but I did lose track of my private prayer time and it was not like a one-off it was like over several days and like by the time the first Sunday of Advent rolled around I was like wait what 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 I like Advent why am I not liking Advent you know where, where am I I felt like I was in a fog um and then I did what I'm so grateful for that the church offers and we were able to schedule family confession times where the whole family went Tuesday, you know, we had a private time set up and we all as a family just pushed the big reset button. Wow. And I just love that. I, I, I love it. I love it. Lo Thank you, God, for confession. Sorry for any time I took, took it for granted. I mean, it's everything to me wow. just to get in there and just, blah, you know, I did this and I felt this and I don't even know if this is a sin, Father, but blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 blah. Exactly. exactly. I'm know? like, okay, then, Beth, your, your, your weekend that you described is like the last few months of my life. So I have a lot of <laughs> confessing to do, but you're right. Because like, if you don't have the prayer and you don't have that solid ground, like it is a snowball effect. And I've noticed that in my own life. Um, and, but it's encouraging to hear other people say like, I'm getting my butt to confession. Like I want to be a better version of myself. Like even my husband today, we were both teleworking and he just got up off the kitchen table and he goes like, 
I'm going to mass and confession. And he went to the 1205 and like, I had some other stuff I had to run and do, but I was just like, wow, like it really is cool to hear, even just to hear other people trying to better themselves. It's like this domino effect of like, now I have this urge to go do that because of the witness that I heard in you guys. So that's awesome. And that's what Advent too, I think is all about is just like kind of preparing yourself. Um, Absolutely. I yeah. love that. It's also the confession thing. I feel like it's so easy to get into prayer during this time or read the Psalms and read the readings of the day and go through the mass and have quiet time. But me personally, like if I haven't gone to confession in a couple of years or a couple of months or whatever, however long it's been, I can feel it in my mm-hmm. prayer. And like, who is, who is directing this prayer time, Mackenzie? Is it you yourself and you, or like, is God even here? Because I can't always hear him if I'm not really cleaned up, you know, refreshed. Absolutely. It's so true. Yeah. And I love, too, the idea that, you know, Advent is really a time of waiting. Mm -hmm. And in order to wait properly, we have to find a way to empty, Mm -hmm. you know, just I think this this occurred to me this week as I was just thinking about it. Um, You know, the female body, T.O.B., they're, they'll they'll talk about like how we're made and how theology is reflected in us. Well, we all as women have an emptiness inside of us called a womb. You know, it's a space kept intentionally free from other things until there's intentionally a time for that space to be used in growing a child, right? And so right now, you know, we're walking with our lady and she's very pregnant. You know, she is on her way to Bethlehem and her space is filled to give to us. And so what are we doing? This is what I'm telling myself. What are you doing, Beth, to quiet yourself, to empty yourself, to wait and be present and available? And so I've just made more time for silence. You know, I drive way too much during the day to drop kids off and pick them up and zip here and zip there. And normally I'll have on a podcast or you know, talk radio or something to fill that, that time. And lately I've just turned it all off, you know, and it's it's, it's been great. That's awesome. That was beautiful. That was such a mic drop about, um, you know, having that emptiness, but needing to be filled. Wow. That was beautiful. Yeah. That image. I love the image of Mary because that's, if we really dive deep into Advent season, it's with her and with, the baby she's carrying. It's not just Christmas day lights, camera right. action. It's like the whole leading up to it. And for Joseph and, and one of the coolest things I remember is being pregnant with grace during Advent. Like I remember feeling a very special feeling and I don't, I'm sure at some point Beth, you were pregnant during Advent and M- Mackenzie, you were pregnant with Franny, right? During an Advent. With oh, with me. Yeah. With me. So yeah. it's like, I don't know, that was very special for me. I don't know how that was for you, but I just felt a connection, especially to that image of like the Blessed Mother more than ever um, during that Advent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always wanted to be pregnant and do like December and I never have. Really? Wow. Yeah. All my, my first six are born between August and November. No way. I guess oh. I was pregnant, like newly pregnant or mid-pregnant. Oh. Um, for the end. Yeah. For the others are spring birthdays. So, 
So, but I always wanted to be like right with her Christmas due date, you know? So yeah, it is, it's an awesome thing to think of her, especially having gone through pregnancy to think about Mary's pregnancy Mm -hmm. and to think of all she did during that Mm -hmm. time, you know, just, and to be, I mean, we're pregnant with our child, you know, just a human original sin has free will kind of child. And she was (laughs) pregnant with God, you know, like. The, the you know like when you just start and think about that it's like it just like the bar was very high yeah. <laughs> i yeah. know it is wild beth any any like piece of advice for someone listening because our listeners range all across the spectrum we have you know catholics christians moms single ladies um what is like one piece of advice for anybody listening who maybe has never really entered into the Advent season intentionally where they have, you know, the reflection book ordered and they know exactly what they want to reflect on every day and pray. Um, And then there might be people like you described who do way too much. They've picked like 10 things to do and they kind of are like failing at all of them. Like what's one thing you could say to kind of um, anyone who's trying to just have that silence that you described in that peaceful Advent? That's a great question. I mean, one thing I keep coming back to again this week, because I feel like going to confession Tuesday, like just got everything going for me again. Um, You got to ask. I know. And that's just the word ask, because we as women and I'm speaking to myself again here, we want people to read our minds and we want people to just know, you know, and I think there's a humility that comes in asking, you know, it's saying that I cannot be 100% reliant on myself. I cannot provide everything that I need. And so I need to speak the words of, you know, will you help me with this? Will you do this for me? And, and it's, it's, it's a vulnerable thing to ask something of someone person, like a human person, because they could say no, it could feel like a rejection, you know, and we oftentimes don't want to I know for me, sometimes I'll be like, forget it. I don't want to even bother. I'm just going to do it myself, you know, but to ask of others for what we need, but bigger than that, like if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, I would really love to do something special or different or, you know, figure out what's the most important thing in Advent in my life. I would just say, go to our heavenly father, our blessed mother, the Holy spirit, Jesus himself, whichever of those are your favorite starting point and just ask. And just put that desire at their feet and just say, this is on my heart. I don't know where to go. Or maybe you do have a sense and just say, will you please show me the way? Will you please put something in my path? Will you please make it clear? Because there's so many times, even in the gospels where, you know, Jesus comes up to the the lame or the sick or the blind and he knows what's wrong with them, but he still says to them, what do you want me to do for you? do for you. It's like almost he respects us and our personhood and he respects our free will so much that he doesn't want to infringe on it. He's a gentleman, right? He doesn't want to just jump right in and say, I have the answers and here you go. You know, he wants us to sense our emptiness and our lack of something that we desire and then have that desire rise up within us to our mind and speak, have it come out of our mouth. So it's hit every part of us to lay it on his feet, but on his feet and on his heart, he wants it. He wants it in his heart. And then 
he knows that you're totally with him and he's free to act. Yeah, I feel like we all need the silence and we all need to ask. Is some of us, you already said it, Bridge, buy 10 things, do 55 things, have a list of things. And the point that Beth is sharing with all of us, someone who does do a lot of things, but during Advent and during Lent, I'm hearing that just being in his presence is enough. Like you said it. I, I like teared up. I'm like, I can't, I have no words. Mm-hmm. It's true. Exactly. Thank you so much, Beth, for being with us. Yes, you're so welcome. It truly is a joy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unraveled Podcast. Stay connected with us over on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast or on Spotify at The Unraveled Podcast.